Hello and welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney and there's a cat on the table. There is a cat on the table. He's ready. He is Cooper. He is fierce and he's going to fall off the table. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Golden rug. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's ready for this at any moment. <laughs> no. So, Whitney, you- I heard you have an Easter special. I do have an Easter special, and I don't mean in the form of food. Like, I feel like if you go to a restaurant, they'll be like, do you want to know what the special is? It's not that. Cool. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) I would like to present to you a tale. What would be an Easter special? Just, like, chocolate eggs? Eggs? People have ham on Easter a lot. Ew. Yeah, I know you were gonna say that. I'm just telling you that's what usually people have on Easter. Or rabbit. Will that be bad? What is Easter special? No, uh, I don't like ham. You know what else it could be? That much eggs. Eggs. I said eggs. <laughs> you said chocolate eggs. And then I just said eggs. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I was too busy trying to think of what else it could be. So we agree. Eggs is eggs, the Easter omelets, yeah. Well, sounds like a good plan. Um, that's not what I'm going to do today. <laughs> okay. Since I've been stuck at home quarantining, I made a very long story, a very long tale, a cotton tale, if you will. Can you guess what the story's about? <laughs> <laughs> An Easter special of a cotton tale. Go ahead. Give me a guess. Um, springtime tulips. You're not even trying. <laughs> Chickens? Oh, wait, I got it. I'll give you some more clues. Ready? Uh, yeah. Ready? Yep. I'm trying to find one that doesn't give it away. Um, find one what? A joke? <laughs> I'm going to read you a joke. I'm trying to give do one that will let you guess. What? Trying to find one of them there jokes that <laughs> let you guess. <laughs> an Easter joke for an Easter special. <laughs> How do you tell which rabbits are getting old? I don't know. You look for the gray hairs. <laughs> what do you call a group of rabbits hopping backwards? Uh, a receding hairline. <laughs> what is a bunny's motto? Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I made that one up. Do you think rabbits like to be stereotyped into they love to jump around? No, probably not. Like I'm frogs. Sure some lazy rabbits frogs out there. Frogs and rabbits, they love to jump. Yeah. I don't know. You're right, me either. Um, I do have one more that I think is really important. Okay. For you. Sure. Um, for and me. For our podcast. Oh, me personally. <laughs> What do you get if you cross a rabbit with an insect? I don't know. Bugs Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. For all those out there who um, are seeing impaired, how do you know that carrots are good for your eyes? I don't know. You never see rabbits wearing glasses. Oh Oh, booyah! (laughs) A booyah? That's how you win. So, would you like to guess what we're going to talk about today? Space Jam. No. Mm. I think that doing Mm. Space Jam would be too long for me to actually cover on this podcast. 
too long. Yeah, I'd have to really break it down and get into the nitty-gritty of it to do it justice. So, did you know that there is a conspiracy theory that... Who is in Space Jam? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Murray, right? There's a conspiracy theory that Michael Jordan quit basketball. To play golf. No, baseball. To play baseball, but it was all, but he came back like fairly quickly. There's a lot of other conspiracy theories about it. But this one says that the people who are making Space Jam needed to have him quit so it would fit with the movie storyline. There's no way. They paid him a lot of money. (laughs) He was getting a lot of money anyway. (laughs) You don't think that's true? I have no idea. I think if Bugs Bunny walked up to me and said, hey, I need you to quit basketball, I'd do it. Well, they don't say they want him to quit. They want to bring him back. (laughs) Okay, but for the purpose of the movie... Have you seen Space Jam? (laughs) (laughs) No, what I'm saying is... What would have to happen is Michael Jordan would have to be playing basketball for the Chicago Bulls. I think that's who he was playing for most of his career. Sure. Bugs Bunny would have to come up to him and be like, I need you to quit basketball and start playing baseball. And he'd have to be like, okay. And then him quit in order for Bugs Bunny to come back up to him and say, hey, I need you to start playing basketball again. You do know it's not a conspiracy theory that Bugs Bunny, the cartoon himself, told Michael Jordan to quit, right? I want to say that's what it is because it fits more with the Easter theme. Lola could seduce him to quit. Lola's hot. Yep. Yeah. And a good basketball player. Yeah, she is. They needed a strong female to take charge. I was just going to say, strong, competent woman. Yeah. Got to save the day every time. (laughs) Maybe not every time. Most (laughs) most times. In Scooby-Doo the movie, that's what Daphne does. Because she learned, like, Who's the damsel in distress now? Me. Straight up. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Straight up. And Velma. Give Velma credit. Yeah, but I mean, like... Daphne kicks that dude's ass. She sure does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I am assuming we're talking about um, bunnies. Yes, one in particular. The Easter Bunny. The. <laughs> the well, legend himself. The the man himself. No, not exactly. Okay. Um, we are talking about a bunny man. Okay. But not the bunny man. Not like the Easter Bunny <laughs> man. Just the bunny man. <laughs> Okay. Okay, sure. So, do you want a poem? Yeah. Over the, yeah? Mm. Okay, I figured you would. Always. Always. Okay, so this is... I am the- one for great literature. <laughs> Here's your Easter special. <laughs> no eggs. No eggs. No ham. Just bunny. Oh, <laughs> ew. So, this poem was uh, written by Laura Via. She makes a point to say, picture yourself in a place with a very powerful energy. Oh, okay, okay. okay. When you sure. listen Should to I it. keep my eyes open or close them? I think if you I think if you close your eyes and listen, your hairs might stand on it. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, boom. <laughs> Don't dab. Bubba. <laughs> Don't dab. It's an audio medium. I shouldn't be dabbing. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I'm going to read you the poem, Bunny Man Bridge. Sure, 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 sure. It comes at midnight, the stroke of twelve, along the railroad tracks, is where he was killed. Most said he was insane, that bunny man. 
escaped lunatic from up the road a ways. Perhaps the bus didn't crash on accident. But the legend remains and the strange happenings. It comes at midnight, or so they say. Park there under the bridge, I dare ye. At the stroke of twelve, it all goes dead. Just like all the bunny rabbits. It's an overwhelming terror as some unseen beast runs up the gravel path, snorting. I've felt it, but never seen it. Even in the daylight, overwhelming is the negative energy near and around the Bunny Man Bridge. I'm dancing on your bridge, goat man. <laughs> <Too much started. laughs> this is not BuzzFeed Unsolved. BuzzFeed Unsolved. Dancing on your bridge, goat man. Um, that would make him angry. I'll just tell you that up front. I liked the poem. It was very good. Especially when I read it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, what it's, do you mean? Doesn't, well, it doesn't rhyme. What do you and mean? I had to You've practice. only read it once. I had to practice it a couple times before we started recording for real, real, because <laughs> it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. And I don't understand the rhythm of it. Hey, you have to be one for literature. Literature. To appreciate poems that don't rhyme. Where were you? Who are we, Dr. Seuss? Where were you earlier, Cooper? I need some jingle jingles in the background to set the mood. To set the mood of the Bunny Man Bridge where rabbits go to die? And you hear snorting? I don't understand that. I've never heard a rabbit snort. Do they snort? Uh, I have no idea. Snort. Not snore. Enunciate. Yeah, we're here for the literature. Literature. So... Cat on the table. Cooper wants to read the story. Cat on the microphone. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so you heard the poem. Yes. And now we're going to dive into the tale of the the cotton tail. I know you're excited, but please don't fall off the table, Cooper. (laughs) That was actually really close. Okay, the bunny man. Are we talking about the butt? Okay, is the tale about the bunny man? Or is the tail about the Bunny Man Bridge? Oh, I thought you were going to say, is it about the Bunny Man's tail? Because no. Does he have one? Uh, You know what? I can neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) Okay. We're talking about him and his bridge. Okay. So what I'm going to do today is kind of give you the setting and the legend itself. Okay. And then I'm going to try and get into the truth behind this tale. Sure. The truth is that he's real and he's out there. And he will come and haunt your nightmares. Yeah, he'll hop right into them. (laughs) (laughs) And he will potentially... Keep you up at night? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. He's creepy. This is a creepy one. This is not a light-hearted Easter special. I'm just saying. But... But Jesus. Jesus might save you. (laughs) Jesus might be the only thing that can save you in this situation. Okay. The other thing is, wrong holiday. Huh? Well, the buddy man. He got the wrong holiday. We'll get there. Okay. I was like, I, I was like, did I just say Jesus and you said wrong holiday, Kaylin? And I was like, what? No, 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 no. You've got the right holiday. The bunny man was a confused man. Okay, okay. Or bunny. Or bunny man. He was confused. Okay, I'm ready. All right, here's the setting. Yeah. Did you picture it? Yeah. We're in Fairfax County, Virginia. Okay. 
This is about 20 miles west of Washington, D.C. Okay. So it's not very far. It, it's about a 30-minute drive from there, um, but that's because of traffic. Yeah. You know? Sure. So within Fairfax County, there's a town called Clifton. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Clifton is where our story takes place for the m- most part. Okay. Uh, Clifton has a bridge, which is called the Colchester Overpass, the Bunny Man Bridge, or the old Clifton Bridge, depending on the source you're looking at. Okay. Um, nowadays, it's called the Bunny Man Bridge, but that's I'm not sure the, the original I'm name. sure the proper name isn't the Bunny Man Bridge. It is on Google Maps, actually. They've, really? They've changed it, yeah. Really? Supposedly. Yes. Clifton went there for tourism? They went hard. <laughs> Let me tell you, they went hard. <laughs> They hopped right onto it. What? Okay. How many times are you going to say hop? <laughs> well, it depends how many times you're going to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yep. So, um, this bridge, a little bit about it. It has railroad tracks that go across the top. That's yep. like the actual bridge part. Mm-hmm. Underneath is a one-lane road. Okay. So, cars can pass under it, one lane, and it's kind of like a stone overpass. Sure. So, I think that's where, like, the Colchester overpass part is. Yeah. But the bridge is over top. Colchester. Mm-hmm. I wonder why it was called that. Maybe after the guy who built it. I don't know. In one of the other ones, there was a railroad, and it was called whatever it was called because the guy who built it was named mm-hmm. that. So There was a train station nearby. Well, maybe and so Colchester. I think in some of the uh, resources, it was like the Colchester Station overpass. Mm, okay. So it could be that that was like where the, the station, station was. So yeah, this yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, compared to us, where we're at now, it's about four hours and 36 minutes away. Let's go. Too close. Too close. Oh, you don't want to go? No, I don't want to go. If we go now, we'll get there by midnight. I? That's not right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's That Did you not listen to the poem? I mean, sounds like, sounds like uh, we found ourselves the next bachelor. I would rather date the lizard man. Marry the lizard man. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? The bunny man is not somebody you tango with. Okay. You don't, you waltz with him? Yeah, he's more of a salsa guy. You break dance away from him. A bunny's favorite type of dance is hip hop. <laughs> that was another joke. I didn't tell it. <laughs> I'm glad you saved it until I now. Saved it for now. So, now yes. we're going to dive into the tail. The cotton tail. Okay. The fluffy bunny tail of the bunny man. Okay. So this version is by written by Timothy Forbes, who's a writer for the website Castle of Spirits, and it's the most popular version okay. of the story of, of like the where legend. he came from, of the legend itself. This is like the legend. Yeah. Okay. So this is the Easter special. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1903, the town of Clifton had an asylum for the criminally insane. Okay. After the Civil War. This town had close to 300 people, and they weren't super comfortable with having an insane asylum that close to them. So they signed a petition to relocate this asylum and the people housed there. Sure. They built a place called Lorton Prison, which is further away from the town, and it was made to temporarily facilitate convicts until they were appropriately sentenced. I don't know exactly what this means. Yeah. Other than maybe, you know, are they insane? (laughs) And they need to go to an actual insane asylum, or are they going to end up in jail and they're just claiming insanity? Yeah. 
My question is, how far away did they build it? Because did they go to, like, the edge of the next town and were like, oh, we're still on our land, but, like, we're right next to the mayor's office of the town next door, and then they just built that city down there? I think it was further away from any towns. Oh, okay. Like, like in the middle of nowhere. More off on it. Sure, 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 sure. So the Lorton prison was completed in the fall of 1904. Mm-hmm. At this time, the asylum convicts were gathered onto a bus to transport them to Lorton. Okay. Now, as soon as they left the asylum, things weren't quite right, and one of the buses actually swerved off the road and either hit a tree or rolled down a hill, depending on where you read the story. Hey, both, both are bad. Both are very bad, and resulted in, either way, most of the people on the bus were either injured or escaped. I think both. But at least 10 people escaped. Yeah, it depends on how many people were on the bus, I guess. Yeah. 10 people escaped. Mm-hmm. And these are criminally insane individuals. Okay. Allegedly. But um, after four months' time with the police investigating and trying to round them up, they caught eight of the 10. That's fascinating to me. You'd think that they would just, like, run far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were able to catch. Well, if they weren't in their right minds, it'd probably be kind of hard. And yeah. some of them were hurt, so they were able uh, to, like, true. grab yeah, them yeah. right away. So, eight out of the ten were captured. Within four months. So, that leaves two people left that yeah. were on the run. Sure. These two people were Marcus A. Walster and Douglas J. Griffin. Okay. Now, there were some interesting things that the police found while looking for these two individuals. Suddenly, there were tons of dead, half-eaten rabbits in the woods. Mm. Like... Everywhere they walked in the woods, they saw dead, half-eaten rabbits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a common thing, I would say. Really? <clears throat> yeah. You don't see a half-eaten... First of all, I'm glad you specified that they were dead. And not just alive, half-eaten rabbits. I mean, lizards can regrow their tails. Okay, I don't think... <laughs> Wait, okay, okay. Hold on. Hold up. Time Wait out. A Okay. I'm just trying to be specific with the way Timothy presented his story. No, it's fine. I like it. So, they began calling Marcus the bunny man. Because for some reason they thought, oh, it's Marcus. He's he's the one doing this. Okay. What was that other guy's name? Um, Douglas. Douglas. So, um, they were calling him the bunny man until they found Marcus dead on Fairfax Station Bridge. Which is another name for this bridge so the bridge the bridge the bridge in question he was found dead was he half found dead huh was he half eaten no okay so douglas was well so furthermore he had a man-made hammer slash knife tool in his hand which was basically a sharp rock attached to a branch that was a handle sure and um he was found with this and the police, otherwise, they're like, I don't really care how he died. There wasn't much of an investigation because they're just like, we caught him, it's over. Like, right, okay. right. Some versions of the tale also state that he had a note attached to his foot that said, you will never find me no matter how hard you try. Signed, the bunny man. Uh-oh. And at this point, they found more bunnies dead and half eaten mm-hmm. as time, like in the couple days following. And they're like, okay, so Douglas is the bunny man. Right. Douglas was we a had little PO'd that the cops were giving all this credit to Marcus over here. I guess so. So he had to, you know, cut out the middleman. Middleman. Is that how that, I guess. No, I don't think so, but. <laughs> Get rid of the competition. Yeah, there we go. 
So Douglas is still on the loose yeah. at this time. Mm-hmm. And more bunnies. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. So on April 7th, 1905, the police just gave it's up the search. It's been a while. Uh, I guess he said four months plus a little bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. They gave up the search because they figured, okay, he couldn't have survived all this time in the wild. He's probably either dead or has left the area by now. No, there's no way. If they're finding all these dead bunnies, where do they think the dead bunnies are coming from? He's eating those. Like, I don't... He would have had to survive the winter outside, though. That's kind of the idea. Not necessarily... Not necessarily. He could also be gone. Yeah, but he could have also hidden in an abandoned farmhouse. I don't know. I mean, I think most... I can't help okay. what they did in 1905. Sure, you're I'm right. I'm simply telling you what the legend is. If you're going to get mad at me. <laughs> no matter you. I'm mad at the police force. I am mad at the police force that were in Clifton in 1905. Anyway, so come October 1905, Dead Bunny started appearing again. Yeah, because he's still there. Because he's probably still there. So, things were quiet other than the dead rabbits until Halloween night. Oh, of course. There were kids drinking at the bridge. Quote, or whatever kids their age did in the 1900s. Make out. Quote. Could have been. Make out. It's make out. Make out bridge. Make out bunny bridge. No, it wasn't the bunny bridge yet. <laughs> so, there were kids, teenagers, at this bridge. Playing dominoes. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Hanging around. Now, I believe they were under the bridge. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of like the vibe, okay? Sure. So they're under the... He's laying. Loitering? Is that what it is? Where you just kind of like walk around the Hanging front of out. the store and you're like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they weren't going to buy anything from him because they got angry, okay? So at midnight, mm-hmm. there were only three kids left hanging out at the bridge. Everyone else went home. Okay. Party poopers. Weird went number, but okay. There were three. So, exactly at midnight, there was a bright flash of light from within the bridge over top. But it was bright enough that it, like, blinded the kids. They, like, couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Within seconds, their throats were slashed Ooh. with the same tool with which Marcus was found. They were gutted like rabbits. And they were found with two guys hanging over one side of the bridge with ropes around their neck. And girls hanging over the, the girl hanging over the other side. With their legs dangling to be seen by passing cars. Hey. Swerve? <laughs> Swerve on them. I just flipped a switch. <laughs> flip, flip. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So. There's a flash of light from mm-hmm. in the bridge. Yeah. Like the top of in the bridge. Like he was spider monkey crawling on the top. Tried to take their picture. It turned out terribly. It's the hopper Rossi. <laughs> oh! Bum, bum, so he killed them. He killed them. Okay. So some reports say that... Little no- sexist that he put the girls on one side, boys on the other. There's one girl and two boys. He wanted everyone to be seen. Anyway, they... I know it's bad, but... <laughs> Um, some stories say that he hung them like this, like he did other rabbits, because there were rabbits found in the woods, but also there were rabbits found hanging from the bridge previously. Ooh, okay, well, he said they were gutted like rabbits. Yeah. Mm. In a similar way to the rabbits. Okay. So, this was on Halloween night. Right. Terrifying. But, everything went quiet again until Halloween of 1906. Of course. Halloween of 1906, the next year, there were seven kids on the bridge. Why? Okay. <laughs> well, now you know how kids are. No, I don't, because I would have never done this. I, I don't would've... know how kids are. Please tell me. 
They if were... three kids got murdered on a bridge the next Halloween, if I said, Whitney, let's go to that bridge where those kids say, were murdered. Heck no. Thank you. You know how kids are. I don't. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Halloween 1906. Yeah. Seven kids. Sure. Including Adrian Hatala, H-A-T-A-L-A. Okay. She was one of the seven. She started getting nervous because they're like, we're going to stay on this bridge till midnight. Nothing's going to happen. Or under the bridge. Yeah. She's like, "Mm, I'm going to go. So she backed up out of the bridge a ways away and was like, come on, guys. We need to leave. Yeah, she's like trying to get in the car, fumbling with her keys. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they were old enough to drive, but farther away. Whitney, I'm making it cinematic. (sighs) Okay. Scary movies. So she's still arguing with them when the clock strikes midnight. At this time... Adrian sees a dim light across the top of the bridge. Just okay. this, like, dim light coming. And Small or big? Like, train big or, like, someone's holding a flashlight? Not like a train. Okay. Uh, like, uh... Torch. Or... Sure. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how big it was. It wasn't a train. That I know of. <laughs> <laughs> so, it stopped in the middle of the bridge and then disappeared. Okay. Seconds later, there was a bright flash of light under the bridge where the kids were. Yeah, yeah, yeah blinded everyone adrian then heard screams coming from under the bridge and within seconds the light disappeared and the other six the six kids were found hanging from the bridge with their throats slashed and gutted like rabbits adrian girls was, on one side boys on the other mm, i don't know not that specific Ugh. he probably mixed it up a little okay adrian was arrested and charged for the murder because no one believed her about no way seen. no way uh yeah no she way she's the only survivor Okay, she's going to overpower six other kids? I'm just telling you. No way. She was locked up in Lorton Prison. No way. Yep. Oof. So, um, nothing further happened until Halloween of 1913. Okay. Nine kids this time. Wait, so that would have been, what, seven years later? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So they were like, we got her. And put her in the same sign. Right. And then they're like, it's gone. And there were no more murders. Right. Until 1913. Okay. At this time, nine teenagers were killed. No witnesses that I could find. Um, same but manner? It, they were same same exact thing. Yeah. The charges were dropped against Adrian, but by now she had, like, gone crazy. Yeah, because she was stuck in there and right. they thought she did it. Right. And she couldn't be released back into public, so she was institutionalized. Not for her crime, but for the insanity. Yeah. She stayed there until 1953 when she died due to, quote, shock. Um, Timothy Forbes says that the shock she died from could have possibly been from dreams of what happened in 1906. Okay. Also, in the 1900s, I don't know how medically advanced they were to say what she actually died from. Shock seems like a bit of a stretch, but also very cinematic. Yeah. I mean, the one story we talked about... When Zona died, the Greenberg ghost, she was said to have died into or went into an everlasting faint. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't have a term for whatever it was that happened, which was poison, but strangled and whatever. But anyway, they didn't have good medical terms, so we're calling it shock. I got you. I got you. Now, in Halloween 1943, a similar event occurred with six teens being killed. Okay. Investigations led nowhere. They were not getting anywhere. You'd think they like tear down the bridge. You'd think they wouldn't let people be there anymore. Yeah. Halloween 1976, three more teens. Halloween 1987, 
is where we find Janet Charletier, C-H-A-R-L-E-T-I-E-R, and four of her friends visiting the bridge. Okay. They went to the bridge around 11 to test out the legend. They were playing pranks on each other, like jumping out of the bushes and screaming like boo and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet was walking out from under the bridge at midnight. Like, she's like, we need to leave. Yeah. Like, let's not stand here. Listen, I might be the uncool <laughs> friend, but I'm that friend. But we're leaving. <laughs> So, they, I think they were all leaving because nobody died. But mm, she was mm. she was halfway out the bridge when midnight hit. And she felt a like a tearing sensation at her chest. Okay. But there was nothing touching her skin. Okay. Uh, she ran headfirst into a pair of dangling legs from a dead body and knocked herself out. I don't know that any of her friends died, though. So I don't know if this was one of her friends. It doesn't specifically say that. Or if it was, like, the ghost of the children passed. Yeah. So she woke up, and her hair was completely white, and she was bleeding. Oh, gosh. Says she never went back to the bridge. Oh, okay. (laughs) Really? (laughs) To this day, she sits on her balcony swing. She had, like, a swing bench, and she stares towards the direction of the bridge a few miles from town down the road. Hmm. And, um, everyone now leaves before midnight. This is the last incident. Yeah, I would too. So, on Halloween night, everyone leaves. And there's a quote from Timothy Forbes from his legend that says, Even if it's not Halloween night, any night you go there, you feel the presence of death awaiting. Awaiting the night sky of Halloween, yearning for more blood to be spilt in the name, in his name, Bunny Man. Let's go. So, that's like the general legend. Sure. No one's died since. No one's gone since. There have been. When was this written? So, throughout time, other murders in the area that went unsolved were blamed on the bunny man. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I actually just saw an article. I couldn't find where the investigation led, so I didn't really include a lot about it. But in uh, 2018, there was a body found by the bridge or on the bridge, mm-hmm. and they couldn't, like, figure out what happened. So they're like, oh, is it the bunny man? So, okay. So the legends, that's what my question was, because I was like, he says, I don't know when this was written, but he says, like, no one has been back. No one's died since, which that's probably a fair point, <laughs> but I'm sure people have gone to the bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has attracted yeah. tons of like ghost hunters and like legend seekers and all this but as far as halloween night goes that's the last like part of the legend yeah Hmm. okay so there is a guy named brian a conley Mm -hmm. and his job is the archivist for the county of fairfax does every like, county have a have a no clue? Have I a, mean, I guess an archivist. Yep. Yeah, forgot. Like, hey, I forgot the word, and you just said it. <laughs> probably like a historian. Yeah, oh, that's true. Okay. But uh, Mr. Conley first heard the tale of the Bunny Man in the 1970s when he was a youngster in the area. Oh, yeah, geez, how old is he? That's rude, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, and he got tired of him people asking him whether or not it was true and what kind of information was in the yeah because like, he's town historian yeah 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 so he decided to do some research. He found the University of Maryland's undergrad class had done a paper in 1973 that talked about the Buddy Man, but other than that, he's like, we don't have any 
mm-hmm. information of where this came from. No police records or... You can't have access to all the police records from these investigations for some reason, but I'm going to talk to you about what he did find. Okay. The <clears throat> police records from 1903 have been sealed. Burned. Oh, probably Destroyed lost. Destroyed like the Stallygaster. <laughs> Men in Black came through. They threw them into a vat of moonshine. <laughs> yeah. Men in Black came and did away with them. Maybe. Maybe. So Is the, the bunny man an alien? That's not a theory I found, but I'm sure it is a theory. <laughs> okay. It's a theory because you said it out loud. Yeah, uh-huh. I put it onto the universe. <laughs> so Mr. Conley has some problems with Mr. Forbes' story, although he says it's, quote, a hell of a good piece of writing. Aw, <laughs> that sounds like he's like, oh, it's, it's a really good story, bud. Yeah. However. <laughs> very well written. Not very well researched. <laughs> Correct. So, well, and it's his job to know the, like, facts. Yeah. That's why he's like, I can't really go with this. Um, He's like, yeah, it's the most well-known piece, but let's look at the facts and see what we can figure out. So, Conley says that the Lorton prison is real, but did not open until 1910. So, like, six or so years years before. Yeah. Or after Mm -hmm. the story. Okay. The Lorton prison also belongs to Washington, D.C., not virginia itself so they couldn't have really sent people there okay from yeah, that yeah, yeah. county unless they were like federally so charged. they did technically build it in a different city they like i said far away from clifton <laughs> okay so um other things are that there's no record of douglas griffin or marcus walster in fairfax county ever. okay no record of them okay also timothy forbes says at the beginning of his article the, uh, talking about the legend that if you don't believe me go to the old clifton library and there you will find the evidence that you need the old clifton library did not exist it's oh, not a real thing really is there a lot i'm assuming there's a public library right, in clifton right but the old clifton library and he says it's at the corner of blah 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 it's like here that's not real okay it's not a thing interesting so conley's like you, I went to go look for evidence, like you said, Mr. Forbes. Yeah, and it's not there. Again, when did Forbes write this article is my question. It's not that old. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it was written as a, the Castle of Spirits is like a ghost story. Yeah. Website. Yeah. So it's not an old tale. Did he put that in there to be like, if you don't believe me, go look at the old Clifton Library and you try and go and you're like... They burnt it down so people would not know who the bunny man the was. The bunny man burnt it down. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, Mr. Conley went through a lot of trouble trying to figure out the origins of this story. Good. Because he's like, it had to start somewhere. Yeah, somebody had to say it first. Right. And then people had to believe, well, maybe not believe it enough, but they wanted to scare other people. And then yeah. it just became a thing. And he really wanted to find out if there's truth behind it. Yeah. So, he started with the question... Was the bunny man an actual murderer? Okay. So was there a murderer in Clifton? That sparked the origin of the bunny man. Right. So uh, he started by checking the Fairfax County Public Library Historical Newspaper Index, which has an acronym acronym, F-C-P-L-H-N-I. We should get t-shirts with that acronym. (laughs) We should. (laughs) Um, The police records were not available for casual review and court records by name of people not the type of crime so he would have had to know the name of the people who were murderers in order to find it and you can't just say hey can i have that 
police record unless you have a, like, legal reason, apparently. Hmm. At least in this county. He should have, like, a name tag that says, like, he's VIP? Not... Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean. Media. Media. Yeah. Media access. <laughs> so, um, two people, Malcolm Richard and Barbara Welch, worked for about ten years to compile a complete index of the Fairfax County newspapers. I think this was separately, not necessarily in relation to just Mr. Conley asking them to research. Right, right. I think this is just a job that they volunteered to do. Probably. So, with this compiled list of newspaper articles, Mr. Conley was able to see every murder and killing from 1872 through 1973. So, he went to the public library Mm -hmm. to look for a murderer. But his access was denied so, because he was trying to look at criminal records and you're, he, he wasn't allowed. So he said, okay, was the bunny man based on a real murderer? Yeah. He then reasoned, okay, I can't necessarily go to the police report. Right. Because I don't have a legal reason for doing so. And if he goes to the library... He needs a name. He would need a name. He doesn't have one. Correct. But these two people... So instead of trying to search through The nonsense, regular, like, library right. articles. He these went to two made a compilation mm-hmm. video mm. of... Database. <laughs> of the newspapers? Mm-hmm. All they basically went through every newspaper from 1872 to 1973 and said, which ones have murders in them? Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you think they marked up other stuff, too? Like, these people died this year. These people got married. Um, These groceries were on sale. I think they went through and, like, created an index of all of it. I understand. Because, so, I'm not sure. I assumed that those two people aren't working for him. They probably work for, like, the library or, like, volunteered to do it. But they took 10 years to make this compilation. Yeah. He did research for eight years before he, like, released his statement. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I kind of think they were. So Oh, I'm sure they were. So anyway, he has this list. He has 100 years worth of murders in Fairfax County. Okay. Was there a lot? 550 individual mentions. Wow. Really? Yeah. Now, this could be, you know, if there's a murder in a small town, there might be weeks of newspapers worth of... Oh, it was just like the mention of the word Anytime murder. Okay. a murder was talked about. I got you, got you, got you, got you. So, I was like 550. Yeah, wow. for a town like, of 300. Like, for a town of 300. <laughs> well, that's why I was confused. Well, as of 19, yeah, yeah. early 1900s. Okay. So... He eliminated any cases of domestic murders right. and concentrated on those involving multiple murders mm-hmm. and teenagers. He tried yeah. to, like, narrow yeah. it down. This took 500 possible events down, I think that's after the domestics are out, mm-hmm. down to three. Oh, okay. Well, three specifically that he's like, these were probably the ones we should look at. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about those three. The first is Francis and June Hobbler, Hollober, H-O-L-O-B-E-R, okay. in February 1949. Okay. So, Mrs. Francis Hollober and her eight-month-old daughter, June, drove to Fairfax County from Washington, D.C. Okay. With Charles Hollober, who was June's father and Mrs. Francis Hollober's estranged husband. Estranged. They, weren't, they were, like, they separated. Together. Yeah, Okay. Charles wanted them to see the new lodge at the nudist colony he belonged to. 
<laughs> this is just wild to me. Okay. That you'd be like, bring the eight-month-old and I'm going to show you the nudist colony. I mean, the eight-month-old doesn't know what's going on, so it's fine. It's totally fine. So, um, after seeing the lodge, the couple were leaving and they got in a fight. And Charles's car got stuck in the mud. Okay. I don't know if they fought because the car was stuck in the mud or if they were already fighting about it. Yeah, it was probably like a, they were already arguing and then he got it stuck and she's like, and see what happens when you did. Yeah. <laughs> so Francis took the baby and left, like walked off. Ooh, okay. Um, Charles spent the night in his car and then got a ride back to Washington, D.C. the next day. Remember, it's only like 30 minutes. Yeah. So he came back with his brother-in-law to get the car unstuck and find his family. They notified the police because they could not find the mm-hmm. wife and daughter. Right. He's like, I can't find them anywhere. This is now bad. Mm-hmm. So there was an intensive search with local police, Washington, D.C. detectives, and Boy Scouts. Yeah. They know the woods better than anyone, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, right before they were about to give up, one of the searchers noticed that the ground they were standing on, about 200 yards from the car, seemed very soft. Although it was muddy, so I guess it was more, like, disturbed. Yep. Uh, they looked under this area and found a shallow grave where Francis was in it with the eight-month-old daughter. Francis had been severely beaten and shot once in the head, and the daughter had been buried alive. Jeez. Yeah. This is sad, because this is real, from a real newspaper. And they didn't think the husband did it? Oh, they, he confessed that he had planned for three weeks and wasn't going to report it, her disappearance, until the car got stuck. So he, like, killed them. Oh. And he was just gonna leave. Nobody would think it was him, apparently, but then his car got stuck. So. Okay. Um, January 1950, he was found guilty and sentenced to die in the electric chair, which was the first time since 1927 that they had invoked the death penalty in the county of Fairfax. Not saying and the 1927 it. was the Ridgeway murder trial. That was like last time they had done it. Not saying he deserved it, but well, however, his attorney T. Brooke Howard filed an appeal because the jury didn't consider the plea of insanity seriously. No way. And said the court had made errors in instructing the jury. Wow. So his conviction was overturned, <sighs> and a new trial was ordered. Okay. He was then recommitted to the Western State Mental Hospital in Marion, Virginia. Okay, so he's... In jail. Or dead. But... Okay, okay. So, this was a hit that um, Conley found that was like, well, he murdered two people... In the area. In the area, and And... he was found criminally (laughs) insane. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So, he's like, okay. I mean, yeah, maybe. Sure. Um, So, the second story that he came across was Minnie, Loretta, and Catherine Ridgway. This is the 1927 murder. Okay. That, um... Was also the death penalty. Was also a death penalty result. Okay. So, Minnie and her three children lived with their husband on... with... not their husband. Minnie's husband (laughs) on Telegraph Road in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Early on the morning of March 4th, a man came to the door quote, looking for Mr. Ridgway. Mr. Ridgway was not at home. The man then, when he found this out, attacked and beat Minnie until she was unconscious. He then bludgeoned daughters Loretta, age seven, and Catherine, age five, stole money, and fled. Wow. Yeah. The neighbors were walking by, heard moaning from inside the house, and then called 911. Right. Or 
got the police. Yeah. The victim, the three victims were taken to the hospital. Loretta, the seven-year-old, died shortly after. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. the same day. Catherine died eight days later. Okay. Minnie, the mom, recovered and was able to identify the man who had attacked them. Good. It was somebody who they knew. and she <gasps> Not identified, good. No. She identified him as Louis Bo- Borsig, B-O-E-R-S-I-G. Okay. He was arrested in his home and transferred to Winchester Jail for his safety and then was sentenced to death and executed on July 7th, 1927. Good. Which was only a few months after the crime he committed because they weren't messing around. Yeah. Well, my question with that one, I was like, why'd she open the door for somebody who's looking for a husband? But if she knew him, then. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And just think if she wouldn't have survived, they might not have known who did. Yeah. Yeah. So the third murder case that he found in the newspaper was of Eva Roy. Okay. This murder took place in August of 1918. Okay. Closest to the date yeah, that gonna... Mr. Forbes describes. Right. But still, like still. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Peter Roy was a Danish immigrant who came to Fairfax from Minnesota in 1912. Okay. Minnesota. He, Minnesota. <laughs> he purchased 180 acres of land. He was a widower with two daughters, Caroline, who was the oldest, and her and her husband, William K. Jerman, lived with Peter Roy. Sure. And then his younger daughter, Eva. In August of 1918, she was 14. I don't know how old Caroline was. Okay. So, um, young Eva, the 14-year-old, went to tend her father's cows at 9 a.m. on the morning of August 4th. She didn't return home, as she usually did. So, her dad went looking for her and enlisted the help of some of their neighbors. Okay. 24 hours later, they found her body tied to a tree with apron strings tight around her throat. Okay. The county coroner said she was, quote, brutally assaulted before she was strangled. Hmm. This was, like, a horrific murder in this yeah. small town. Sounds I like I mean, it's it. horrific anyway, but they were just like, yeah, who could have done this? Mm-hmm. Um... There was some, somehow there was a jury beforehand, before they, like, necessarily had arrested anyone. Just jury duty early. I guess. But they said, quote, we the jury find Eva Roy came to her death at the hands of some unknown person. No, no, no. This could be a thing because they come up with juries and they present a case to Mm -hmm. see if there was foul play or not. Which obviously there was, (laughs) but that could have been what the jury was for. Could be. They said, uh, and the indications point to Lou Hall as the probable perpetrator of the crime. Wait, is that the girl's husband? No, no, no. This is a different guy. Oh, God. I was like... No, 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 no. So, uh, Lou Hall was a 33-year-old woodcutter. He lived half a mile from the scene of the crime and was seen in the woods at the time of her disappearance. Oh, boy. So, that's one reason why the jury was like, maybe it's him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also investigated William Wooster, 16-year-old, who was arrested for assaulting a, quote, colored girl, uh, in the town. Mm-hmm. He had recently been released from the insane asylum, but he was proven to not be near the murder scene at the time it took place. And an alibi? Yeah, basically. How solid was his alibi, though, is the real question. Don't know. Hmm. No DNA. Okay. So they also questioned a soldier who had deserted from a fort near nearby. By sure, um, he was stationed there and like deserted from the military. Yeah, 
He was found near Charlottesville with scratches on his face and no memory of how he had gotten to Charlottesville. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he was interviewed by investigators and determined to not be connected with the crime. Okay. Put him under some hypnosis. Yeah, he'll remember then, huh? That That's a thing, under- right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm agreeing with you. They also investigated Ben Rubin, who was a man who had escaped from Lorton Prison. He had been serving a three-year sentence for breaking and entering. He was arrested in Washington, D.C. on September 19th for an assaulting a little girl. So, okay, we got a lot of suspects that might fit the bill. <clears throat> he actually admitted to killing Eva. Right? Okay. He said he met her and asked her for food, told her he was an ex-convict, and she said, I'm going to turn you up. He, he, she's going to turn him in. Yeah. She's going to call the cops. Yeah. So he killed her. But when they took him to the scene of the crime, he couldn't figure out where. He had no idea. It was. Yeah. So um, what they figured out, and he admitted to later, was he thought if he was taken to Fairfax and tried there, it'd be easier to escape than from the D.C. jail where he was arrested for assaulting. Uh... Or from uh, breaking and entering and assaulting somebody. Okay. So he thought if they send yeah, him to Yeah, I guess that I makes sense, but at the same time, he could have just got sent back to D.C. This is just what he thought. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't actually do it. Right. So basically... They don't really know. They don't know. Um, Peter Roy died in January of 1938, and Eva's murderer was never found. Hmm. Lou Hall was tried for the crime. During his first trial, it was a hung jury... Nine for guilty, three for innocent. In his second trial, it was a clear verdict of not guilty. Mm, not enough. So, after all of Conley's research about these murders, he determined none of these really match up to the yeah, money man. right. So, he did eight years total more research. <laughs> he looked at everything. He looked at these newspapers. He looked um, then at research papers that had been submitted because... The Washington Post ran an article that highlighted a collection called the Maryland Folklore Archive, and they ran this article in November 11th of 2000. So he looked at this article and saw that between the 1950s and 1990, students at three different universities in Maryland collected, researched, and transcribed local legends. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really neat that they did that. So The Bunny Man was one? Yes. Ooh. So once they did all this research, they put it together and it went to the University of Maryland. Okay. In 1973, there was a paper specifically written by Patricia Johnson and submitted to this database called The Bunny Man. Okay. So this is what he found that was like, okay, where did she, what did she look at and what did she say? Who did she talk to? Right. So... This paper was part of her coursework for her Introduction to Folklore class. Sure. Which, again, very cool. I think I'd love to take that class. Um, She interviewed 33 students from Prince George's County, Maryland, aged 15 to 18, and asked them, do you know the story of the bunny man? Tell me the story of the bunny man. Okay. Because this is a local legend. Yeah. So, based on what she learned from these people, she classified the tale as an urban belief tale. Okay, I don't know what that means. So, according to her, an urban belief tale has to have three things. Okay. Takes place in an urban setting. 
exists prior to her project. It has to be an older tale. <laughs> she made it up. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> and it had to have appeared in print as truth at one point in time. Well, yeah, because people thought the bunny man was, no. In print as truth. Right, so a newspaper had to have put a story about it saying, this is true, it happened. Wait, and there was a newspaper that said this? Washington Post had verified it as truth at one time. They had posted an article. That the bunny man was out there. Right, that's what she said. Jeez. Now, looking at her research, Conley found she had 54 variations of the story. Okay, wow. 14 different geographic locations were mentioned. 18 of these 54 involved the bunny man chasing frightened people with an axe. Okay. There were 14 attacks on cars. Okay. Nine. And he had planes. a hand with a hook. And when they got out, <laughs> the hook was the still on the door. <laughs> the hook was still on the doorknob. <laughs> what is that one for? I, I don't know. That's a different. Yeah. That's like an actual. Man with a hook. And there's a story. And the guy's like, no, we'll be fine. And she's like, do you hear that? And he's like, we're fine. And she's like, no, we got to get out of here. And there's a they drive away. And then when they get home, there's a hook on her door handle. Nine claims of people attacked in a parked car, so... Oh, yep. hookman. Five people accused of the bunny man of vandalism on homes or buildings in their story. <laughs> Graffitis. <laughs> and three different tales mentioned murder. So based on the widespread geographic area and significant variation in all these tales, Patricia Johnson had concluded that the bunny man did not exist, so therefore it qualified as this urban belief tale. Right. People believe this. But it doesn't exist. It didn't actually happen. Right. It doesn't add up. At this point, Conley's frustrated. Because he's like, okay, but it had to come from somewhere. I thought this would help. Did someone... But the thing about these kinds of stories is, someone had to have said it. Like, someone had... Who was the first person that Mm. said, guys hear about the bunny man? Right. And that's what he's trying to figure out. (sighs) So he's like, okay. Patricia Johnson said she first heard the tale around Halloween of 1970. I'm going to look at 1970 newspapers. And what happened? She said the Washington Post had printed this as truth. Right. So it has to be in there somewhere. In 1970. Okay. So he looked at the Washington Post for October of that year. Yes. Because it's supposed to be around Halloween. Right. And he found an article. (gasps) This is why you said it was the wrong holiday. (laughs) Because it's Halloween. (laughs) Sorry. Just now getting there. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I did. (laughs) So No one go- said I was quick, okay? <laughs> no one. <laughs> he actually found two articles a couple weeks apart. So I'm going to read them to you. Okay. So article one, titled, Man in Bunny Suit Sought in Fairfax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Fairfax County Police said yesterday they were looking for a man who likes to wear a, quote, white bunny rabbit costume, end quote, and throw hatchets through car windows. <gasps> Honest, period. Like, they were like, for real. We are not lying. We Honest. Fucking mint. <laughs> Fucking mint. Does that go here? No, I don't think so. I just like to say things I heard on the internet. <laughs> TikTok is taking over our lives. Anyway, uh, Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett told police that shortly after midnight last Sunday, he and his fiance were sitting in the car, loitering, <coughs> When a man with a hook hand. No. <laughs> Him and his fiance. Hey, start again, and, and I will not interrupt you. And, and we'll get it all in one. Okay? Ready? Go. Where do you want me to start? The beginning. Okay. Man in bunny suit sought in Fairfax. 
Fairfax County Police said yesterday that they are looking for a man who likes to wear, quote, a white bunny rabbit costume, end quote, and throw hatchets through car windows. Honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was waiting for that part. They ain't playing. Okay. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett told police that shortly after midnight last Sunday, he and his fiancée were sitting in a car in the 5,400 block of Guinea Road when a man, quote, dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears, ran from the nearby bushes and shouted, You're on private property and I have your tag number. (laughs) You get license plate. No, I know, but it's just funny if, like, this insane murderer is like, I got your license plate number. Get off my lawn, kitties. (laughs) The, quote, rabbit threw a wooden-handled hatchet through the right front car window, the first-year cadet told police. As soon as he threw the hatchet, the rabbit skipped off into the night, police said. Bennett and his fiancée were not injured. Police say they have the hatchet, but no other clues in the case. They say Bennett is visiting an uncle who lives across the street from the spot where the car was parked. The cadet was in the area to attend last weekend's Air Force Navy football game. Sure, but they were in a parking lot after midnight. I don't think they were in a parking lot. Well, I, they were they're parked across a... the street from his uncle's. On private property. On private property. What was across the street? We don't know. Don't know. Interesting. Okay, so this happened, but no one was hurt. Thankfully, yeah. Hatchet did come through the car. Yeah, wow. He wasn't joking. He wasn't playing. Honest. Honest. <laughs> so, two. I think it was two weeks later. Okay, this is still in October. This is still in October. So, two weeks later, another newspaper paper article in the Washington Post called The Rabbit Reappears. All the time they're saying rabbit, they're putting it in quotes. I, I get it. It well, is a rabbit costume. Hey, they don't want people to think it's a giant rabbit. The, the Rabbit Reappears. A man wearing a furry rabbit suit with two long ears appeared, again, on Guinea Road in Fairfax County Thursday night, police reported. This time, he was wielding an axe and chopping away at the roof of a support on a new house being built. Less than two weeks ago, a man wearing what was described as a rabbit suit accused two persons in a parked car of trespassing and heaved a hatchet through a closed window of the car on 5,400 Guinea Road. They were not hurt. How did no one get hurt? Anyway, is that the end? No, but that's referring back to the first article. Right, right, right. He was <clears throat> on a roof. Mm-hmm. He was chopping at a support beam. Trying to break a house down? What the heck? So Thursday night's rabbit wearing a suit described as gray, black, and white was spotted a block away at 5,307 Guinea Road. So close. Very close. That's a lot of blocks. I think that's the house number. paul phillips a private security guard for a construction company in the area said he saw the quote rabbit standing on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house i started talking to him phillips said and that's when he started chopping all you people trespass around here phillips said the rabbit told him as he whacked eight gashes in the pole if you don't get out of here i'm gonna bust you on the head Phillips said he walked back to his car to get his handgun, but the rabbit carrying the long-handed axe ran off into the woods. Oh, my God. <laughs> the security guard said the man was about 5 foot 8, 160 pounds, and appeared to be in his early 20s. Ooh, okay. So there was a guy in a bun... Why was he in a bunny suit twice? Dunno. <laughs> so then Conley's like, okay, so... There was a man in a bunny suit... Right. ...that had an axe... 
And a hatchet. And had what seemed like what some would say is a bad attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now Conley, after reading these articles, had to say, okay, is this the origin Mm -hmm. or are these copycats? Like, did they hear the story? Oh, and then they dressed up as the bunny man for Halloween. Or he had heard the tale, and so he's like, well, people are afraid of the bunny man. I'll do that, Well, too. it's like the clown stuff. <clears throat> like how people would dress up as clowns just to freak other people out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Could be something like that. I mean, yeah. Dress up that's as a murderous he, bunny. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to figure out. Yeah. So he looked back at Patricia Johnson's paper for clues. He compared, saying, okay, 14 of these tales mention a couple in their car. So. That matches up. Yeah. Nine of them mention a hatchet being thrown at a car specifically. Five include vandalism, and two of those five specifically mentioned houses being chopped. So vandalism <clears throat> could have been, I said graffiti, but they meant more of like hacking. And someone went to like chop the house down. Things. Yeah. The most convincing piece from the paper that he found was an account by 17-year-old G. Taylor. Okay. So she says, I'm just going to read you her quote. I think it was last year or maybe before that. So she was 15 or 16. Yeah. I came home from school. I was listening to the news and I had just gotten in and I heard there was a man and a woman sitting in a car. It could have been teenagers, but they were just parked and all. And all of a sudden they looked up and there was this bunny. You know, this giant bunny just ran out of the woods, you know, from behind the trees and all. And he ran in front of the car and he had a hatchet and he threw it through the car and just turned around and went back away. They were just shocked. They just sat there and watched. Then an old man came out of the house and warned them to get off his property, you know. They tried to explain and everything, but he just wouldn't listen. And then they took it to the police afterwards. And the police, you know, went back and all and asked him if he had seen anything, but nobody had seen it. Until a couple of days later, then a lot of people were saying they had seen the bunny man. And then after that, the police tried to investigate but they couldn't get anything. And then they found these places that sell costumes and all, and they found that it hadn't been but three people that had um, bought bunny costumes. Then they, you know, long put theirs away and brought them back and all, and it wasn't them. None of this makes sense, but it's what she said. Well, she's saying only three people bought them, I'm assuming. Recently, yeah. But they put them away. Right, so they weren't out and being used. Right, right. And nobody ever found out about the bunny man. It just went on for a couple weeks, and then it died out. So this accounts... We love our credible witnesses. Yes. So it's important for several reasons. Right? She identifies the television news as her source of information. Yes. She heard it on the news. It had to have been based on something true. Right. Again, we have a hatchet thrown at a couple's car, and they were teenage-ish. Yes. Young. Young adults. Yes. There was an accusation of trespassing. Right. Which was a little bit different from the newspaper article, but still. Right. Because the newspaper article said the rabbit said that they were trespassing. Yes. Okay. And she said an old man came out and said, y'all are trespassing. Now, this is her account of, I heard this two years ago. On on the the news. news. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. I'm just clarifying the differences. Yeah. Uh, The police were involved. Yes. And it happened for a couple weeks at a time and then stopped. So, the story has mutated a lot in 22 years' time. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's still recognizable from these October 1970 incidents. Right. So he decided, Mr. Conley decided to go back and now try and get an official report from the police. Because he has a specific period of time. 
Yeah, he said he's gonna go and he's gonna say there is it. There was a bunny man yeah. who threw a hatchet at a parked car, mm-hmm. and the people told the police. Yes, on this near around this date. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We love our credible <clears throat> witnesses. Yes, we're getting, yes, we're really getting into this. What was her name? G. G. Taylor. Let's go, G. Taylor. <laughs> well, it was just the first initial G, so I don't know. G. Protect Taylor. Protect the. Identity of your witnesses. Of our credible witnesses. Credible witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mr. Conley goes to the Fairfax County Police Department. They have no official record of the October 18th assault on Robert Bennett and his fiance. Really? But they did have an investigation report relating to the October 29th vandalism incident. Mm. They weren't required to release this information because it's technically a misdemeanor investigation. Right. But they are super chill, and they're like, yeah, we'll give it to you. Do they even know who did it? Like, No, it was just Yeah, so it doesn't, it's not like you're outing anybody because they don't even know. Right, but a lot of times if the case is open or not solved, they don't give information <gasps> They don't information release it out. to the press. Yeah, and gotcha. this boy is a parasta. <laughs> yeah, he's got his special VIP <laughs> media pass. We've already discussed this. <laughs> so... Um, The report from the investigation stated that on October 29th, 1970, at 10.30 p.m., officers responded to 5307 Guinea Road for, quote, a subject dressed as a rabbit with an axe. When they arrived, they found no rabbit, and the investigation was turned over to W.L. Johnson of the Criminal Investigation Bureau. Okay. Investigator Johnson visited the construction offices of Kings Park West subdivision on october 31st this is the construction company that mr phillips worked for yeah the the security security guard right he didn't find a rabbit Uh, but shortly after he left he got a call from an employee who is unidentified from king's park west okay this employee is different from the security guard there's no name oh okay so So it isn't okay okay this caller said i just received a call from someone that identified themselves as the, quote, axe man. I'm calling you to report it. Okay. They're trying to be all cool saying they're the axe man. You know, asking for a friend. (laughs) The caller said, Mr. Employee. Yes. Blank. You've been messing up my property (gasps) by dumping tree stumps, limbs, and brush, and other things on my property. You can make everything right by meeting me tonight and talking about the situation. Yeah, right. Okay. He, the, the employee said it sounded like a white male in his late teens or early 20s. Speculation. Well, the police officer or the security guard said it was a younger male. In their teens. In right. their teens or 20s. So mm-hmm. that checks out. Mm-hmm. So the police set up a stakeout. But and it, they made this guy go and be bait? I have no idea. That'd be cool. <laughs> Dangerous. Rabbit bait, but but for a rabbit, I don't know. They just set out some romaine lettuce. The, quote, axe man never showed up. Of course not. On November 4th, investigator Johnson got a call from a local resident who said, my son claims to know the identity of the bunny man. Oh, (gasps) snitches (laughs) get stitches, mama. Oh, honey, just you wait. (laughs) So, uh, all the neighborhood neighborhood kids who have been seen with the bunny man described him as an older teenager. Johnson interviewed this son, who was eight years old, and said, I haven't really met the bunny man. I just heard of him from friends at school. 
Oh, shit. So he doesn't know who the bunny man is. So this creepy bunny man's hanging out with children? No, but it's a story that they're all telling each other. Oh, like, yeah, I like, saw the bunny man last week. Yeah, I saw them. I'm best friends with the bunny, bunny man. man. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You I, know how I kids threw, are. He taught me how to throw an axe. What? <laughs> I can I can lift a whole axe and throw it when I'm eight years old. <laughs> a hatchet, a hand hatchet. Goodness gracious. Um, other local kids that he interviewed had similar stories. So this is kind of where little kids decided that because their kids were probably like, be careful. Like, we heard there's a crazy man dressed as a bunny. bunny man. Yeah. And he wanted, the bunny man wanted to be cool and be called the axe man. But all the kids are like, meh, look at the bunny man. But you had a, bu- but you had a bunny <laughs> costume on. How do you have the bunny costume on? That's, that's. To hide his identity. So. Was his face covered? He had a bunny mask on with oh. long white ears. You know what I was picturing? Do you listen to that? I was picturing that it was a full suit, but his head was out. So it's kind of like a onesie with a hood. Is that not? I don't think so. Okay. It's had a mask with long ears, I think. Okay. I don't know. But then how would the police officer know it was a young male in his teens? You mean the security guard? Yeah. I don't know. He took That's his mask off. That's what I'm saying. On. Speculation. Interesting. So. That's why you said speculation. Well, I was like, the security guard <laughs> definitely saw the dude. Like, okay, okay, I got it. It's, as far as I hey, know, he had a mask on. I never said I was quick. <laughs> Things we're not good at on this podcast. Listening. <laughs> no, history, I. Uh, geography. History, geography. Spelling. That's putting, four things. Putting Counting. The, putting five. the puzzle pieces together. <laughs> Did you just hear me? What? Spelling? I said three things we're not good at, then I named four, and then I added <laughs> counting. counting is five. <laughs> so, March 14th, 1971. Okay. Investigator Johnson wrote a summary to submit yeah. his report. Because everything kind of. Stop. Right. So this is a year, not quite a year after the original incident. Yeah. Which is October 29th. Right. Well, the investigation that he so was like assigned to. So like six months later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. A year. Not quite a year. <laughs> it was in the next calendar year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Investigator Johnson, and I keep saying Investigator Johnson and not just using his last name because Patricia Johnson wrote that paper and I right, really right, right, had a hard right, time. Yeah. The police officer, dude. Mm-mm. Investigator. He wasn't a detective, but it, he was had a title of investigator. <laughs> Wait. I said police officer, and you said, no, 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 not a detective. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> he wasn't, like, Officer Johnson. And he wasn't, like, Detective He was P.I.? I think he worked for the police department, oh. but his title was investigator. A freelance investigator? There are different ranks in the police department. <laughs> one of which is detective. He was not that. One of which is like an officer. Like a regular yeah. officer. Okay. He was not that either. He uh, was an investigator. Sure. I'm trying to give the man the respect he deserves. <laughs> now please let me read this quote from him. I'm ready. After a very extensive investigation and interviewing eight-year-olds into this and all other That's cases of, of this nature, <laughs> it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really was a white rabbit. The only people who have seen this so-called white rabbit have been children of rather young ages and the complainant in this case. So he just lied. <laughs> is what this guy's saying. <laughs> He accidentally chopped that house eight times and then had an, had to have an excuse. 
Upon interviewing everyone in this case that may have had any knowledge of any incidents concerning a white rabbit that has been no significant information uncovered that would lead to the identity of the person or persons that were posing as a white rabbit. This case will be marked as inactive. Okay. Sounds like you gave up. Cold case. Cold case. Cold rabbit stew case. No, it wouldn't be a cold case, technically. It would just be like, we're not going to do any more investigation, but Mm -hmm. if something comes up... Yeah. I think it's important to say, because I don't know if I said this, that when they went and investigated the, like, scene of this report, there were, like, Yeah, I think you did say that. Okay, I didn't know if I said that. Because there was no rabbit. Right. And there was no hatchet the second time. Yeah, there was no rabbit. (laughs) Yeah, I got that. (laughs) Wait, so he was just like, we're not saying that the security guard lied, but But he's the only one that saw the rabbit. Him and the eight-year-olds are the only people who know. What? That's what I'm saying. Did he, like, do it himself and then be like, oh, shit? No. Probably not. I doubt it. I I bet he's telling the truth. And I bet the kids... Well, because we don't know who this guy is. So it could have been an older brother of one of the little kids. You know what I mean? That, like, tried to scare them. That tried to scare them. Or, you know what I mean? It could have been anything like that. So, Conley says that we now know the story changed just in two and a half years' time. From the police reports and the news story to what Patricia Johnson's paper actually said. Yeah. There were people that had already mutated this story. Because the police report didn't include the couple in the parked car. They did not have an official report to give him, correct? Right. It they was only had just the second, the second one. Right. There is a newspaper article, but the police didn't have a official, official report. report. So, so it could have been just those people going to the newspaper or something. Right. It says they went to the police, but they could have not taken them seriously. Yeah. Or they might have been like, well, it's fine. But if somebody threw a hatchet through your car, do you think you'd file a police report? You wouldn't. I think they did. I don't think anything was done about it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Until the second incident. Okay. Yeah. Because no one was hurt. I think they are just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we do have different locations, a different frequency of it happening, and mm-hmm. the severity is a little different. Like, nobody was killed. Right. As for the identity of the bunny man, we don't know. Yeah. But these are the clues that Conley gathered that we know are facts. He could be alive today. He could That be. bunny man in the newspaper articles. Because that was what, 1970s? 70s? Yeah, no, I know. That's what we're going to get to. Okay, I was like, oh. Yup. So, um, these are the things we know for sure. On October 18th, the bunny man accused Robert Bennett of trespassing according to news stories. Yes. October 29th, according to the news and the police investigation, the bunny man told security guard Paul Phillips that y'all trespass around here. Right. And then he vandalized a home. And then vandalized a home. On November 4th, the self-proclaimed axe man accused the unnamed employee of Kings Park West of dumping things on his property. Correct. Or of the company doing it. And said, let's duke this out man to man, and then he didn't come. Right. Now, was this the same person? We don't know. He was later rumored to have committed the unsolved murders of the area. We talked about that. So you had that, and then when there was unsolved murders, people were basically like, well, it's probably that guy with the axe right. that dresses up like a bunny. Crazy bunny guy. Yeah. There might have been a young man who was kind of disturbed by the development in the area. Now, Conley said this is possible because it used to be a rural farming community until after World War II. Mm-hmm. Starting in the 1950s, there started being more, like, houses built. Okay. By the 1960s, there was, like, town-sized housing right. developments. Right, right, right. Kings Park West, in particular, had over 1,500 homes in the area that these 
actual sightings took place. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Um, many people in the area in the 60s and 70s were pretty sad to see that the pastures and woods were becoming housing developments right. and shopping centers. So one of his beliefs is that it could have been an old, quote, curmudgeon who didn't like seeing people in his yard. And he, like, complained about it all the time. And yeah. then one of his younger relatives right like was like i'm taking this in my own hands yeah well even if you're even if the bunny man was in his upper teens or younger 20s he would have been born in the 50s Mm -hmm. so he would have kind of grown up seeing not as much of a change it would have changed a lot but but uh, change Mm -hmm. so right conley says the bunny man was in his 20s, like you said, yeah. around the time of these incidents, so he could still be alive today, yes. unless, quote, he got careless with his hatchet, in quote. Okay. <laughs> All, right, All Conley. right, Conley. Conley has no chill. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, to this day, no one has come forward, yeah. even though Conley published his findings in an archive, yeah. because that's his job. Right. And he published all this. That's why he did so much research. Yeah. Um, and it's become more widely known, but no one has come forward saying, hey, yeah, that was me. Right. It's going to be a deathbed confession. Probably. Yeah. I was the bunny man. I was the bunny man. Axe man. They probably said axe man and nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. He wants to be cool, be the axe man. Yeah. Yeah, but the bunny man's, I think, better because axe man's just overdone, you know? Yeah. I think bunny man's more of a, you're confused about your holidays but you're going to stand out more. Yeah, you're going to stand out. Exactly. So, they changed the bridge name to the Bunnyman Bridge? Yeah. Officially? That's what... Okay, I'm going to look it up right now, because that's what some sources said, but I didn't actually look. That's wild to me, honestly. I'm still stuck on that, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yep. <laughs> Bunnyman Bridge. If you Google it, it says... 6,497 Colchester Road, Clifton, Virginia, Bunny Man Bridge. I just want to finish with some popular culture references. Sure. That have kind of evolved through the years. Donnie Darko. What? He's like crazy, right? And he sees Bunny Man. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it. (laughs) There is a movie called Bunny Man that was released in 2011. Really? Watch the trailer for it. And it's basically like a slasher film. Of course Where these people like wreck their car or something oh, yeah. and then they like start getting killed by the bunny man yeah and picked off how many are in the car uh there's like five or six and they're like let's split up yeah mm-hmm. and then they're like let's get naked at one point they're all like laying on the ground because they're tired and like we haven't had food in hours and oh I'm like, okay Wait. <laughs> okay who made this okay me <laughs> who made this i haven't had a snack in three hours my blood sugar <laughs> I'm not. Maybe they had sugar problems. We don't know. We haven't seen right, it. Right, I haven't seen we it. Haven't seen it. Diabetes is not a joke. <laughs> yeah, Pap will tell you. He will. Okay, they should have packed snacks. Yeah, that's what Pap would tell me. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, so we have the movie, the Bad Wolf Brewing Company out of Manassas, Virginia, released a hoppy red lager called the Bunny Man in 2017. Can we get, get this shipped? I don't know. I think we should try. Let's try it. Um, there was a 2017 Amazon original series called Lore, which was based on a podcast of the same name. And on I love the podcast Lore. Thank you. Well, on season one, episode two of their Amazon original series, they talk about the Bunny Man. Cool. We should watch it. We should. 
And in 2015, a nonfiction author, Ginny Cutler Lopez, published a full-length article in the Northern Virginia magazine called Long Live the Bunny Man. She, like, took up most of the magazine talking about the Bunny Man. Cool. So good for go. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I had not heard of him before, except maybe once when we started this podcast, which is, like, most things. But I really dove deep into it because I thought, Conley doing all that research because he was annoyed with people asking him about it all the time. Well, but also it would be annoying, but for him he's an archivist. Like, that's what he does. So I'm sure he found it fascinating to try and figure out where this came from. Right. And after you start, you have to be like, well, I can't stop now. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But eight years of, at least, of him researching before he like, got all this together. That's, I mean, good for him. I found different interviews of him and tried to piece things together. Like him saying that unless he, like, was careless with his hatchet. Right. Was a less serious article than his actual disposition. Maybe he's trying to, like, egg him on. We should go stand on his bridge and be like, I'm dancing on your bridge, bunny man. Dancing on your bridge, bunny man. Under it, technically. Dancing under your bridge. You could probably get on top of it somehow. Oh, I'm sure. Somehow. Watch out for trains. Yeah. I don't, I'm assuming that uh, railway is still active. I Maybe. Find anything I where it's not, but the fact that they renamed it Bunny Man Bridge is wild to me. Pretty awesome, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, what did you think of the story? Hmm. That bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but. Um, is it gonna keep me up at night? Probably not. Probably not. Will I sleep as sleep a snug as a bug in a rug? Yes. No. <laughs> um. No, it was really good. It didn't... Mm. I think it's a creepy urban legend. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just have heard the urban legend right, yeah. of people going to the bridge and then being having their throats slit and being gutted like rabbits and being hung off the edge of the bridge. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Yeah, for sure. That's scary. Mm -hmm. It happening multiple times to multiple children. That's not something I like to joke with. Mm -mm. I would never go to the bridge at midnight. I'm sorry. Like, I just wouldn't do it. Mm -mm. Because I'm a a little baby. (laughs) It's like a headless horseman situation. You just 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 don't don't do it. You just don't. We, I mean, we played Bloody Mary, so we can't really say that we wouldn't, but I would probably stand from afar. Mm-hmm. So that's creepy. I think but, I'd be okay with going there at midnight, but not on Halloween. Oh, yeah. It always happened on Halloween, right? Yeah. Yeah, but do you want Easter wanna, night. Do Let's wanna, go on Easter night. Do you want to take that chance, though, you know? Easter night? You're not going to... We get the correct holiday. Maybe he's mad because people are showing up on the wrong holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants peace. Yes. But I think I will still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug just because, like, the history that you told that Connolly has unfolded for everybody kind of, kind of proves that he's not real. But also... There is the idea that if people believe in something, like if collectively mm-hmm. people believe in something hard enough, they can will it mm-hmm. real, like yeah. Slender Man. Like if you don't believe in fairies, they die. What? If you don't believe in fairies. Every time someone says out loud, I don't believe in fairies, a fairy like dies. That's like a, that's like a belief. 
It's not just my belief. No, (laughs) I'm saying like... But the opposite. But something that's not real. Yeah. And everybody believes it so hard Mm -hmm. that it becomes real. I'm basically saying the opposite. Right. And that's why I don't like what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe, is what I'm saying, maybe those years... Of people believing so hard. Maybe he is real. Maybe. And people have believed it so hard that, that he's he out there. he appeared before the time of which the actual No, story. but the unsolved murders? Maybe. I like the story a lot. I like the idea this of the urban legend. This is one of the most interesting ones for me just because of how much background research went into it. Yeah. And it it's really cool to see the process of like... Yeah, for sure. Figuring it out. It makes it less creepy... But I think it makes it a better story because the story of the guy dressing up as a bunny man and, like, vandalizing and threatening. Like, that's funny. Like, that's a good story, too. I just want to know how we got from A to B. Like, how did these... You know what happened was people saw that in the newspaper and then used it to scare their kids. Like, yeah. Like, you don't well, behave the bunny man. Well, that's what you. I'm saying, too. Maybe that happened and then an older brother dressed up as the bunny man and scared... Uh, his little brother and their friends at a sleepover and then the kids told their friends and then their brothers kind of like fed into it and then it just never they never said oh that's fake you Mm -hmm. know what I mean yeah just went on for decades yeah I mean kids will believe anything again there's two girls that believe in Slenderman stabbed their friend because they thought that Slenderman wanted them to yeah that was wild so like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. little kids are very uh Gullible? Yep. Thank you. Gotcha. Not one of the five things we're bad at. English isn't my first language. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. It is. We need a thesaurus. That's what Dad tells us. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was very interesting. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. I think I'm going to be the bunny man for Halloween now. It wouldn't be hard. Bunny costume and a hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go to Fairfax. I, I'm i going to dress up as the bunny man and go to the bunny man bridge. I'm going to take over the bridge. It's probably a Pokestop. Bet. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. If you don't play Pokemon Go, get out of here. Well, you don't play. I don't play anymore. <laughs> I had a Pikachu, a Charmander, a Bulbasaur, and a Squirtle, and I was so proud. And then I got locked out of my game and couldn't get back in. And so I just like was like, fine, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah, I play... Every once in a while. I get bored with games really quickly, though, so. Well, you know who didn't get bored with his game? Bunny Man. The Bunny Man. The Bunny Man. The Bunny Man. The Bunny. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it. Good job. So, if you have ever had an experience with the Bunny Man or have heard this story before, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I've heard it before, but I've listened to other podcasts that have talked about it. Yeah. So, I kind of knew this story a little bit. Yeah. So, but if you've heard about it, you want to talk about it. Reach out to us on social media. If you want a sticker, just literally, please just tweet us and say I want a sticker. Or message us on Facebook or whatever. We want to send you stickers. I'm tired of looking at them. They're literally hidden away. So you don't have to look at them. (laughs) Don't tell them that. And with that, I guess uh, we're signing off. We're going to hop out of here. We're going to hop on out of here. Have a safe, happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter. In isolation. For those of you who celebrate. Yes. For those of you who celebrate Easter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think 
that for those of you who don't, if you have a bunny costume, please dress up uh, in it and send us a picture on our social media. <gasps> yes. Thank you. If you have a hatchet, send us a picture of you Thank with you. a hatchet. <laughs> I want to be the bunny man, but I want to be like the Playboy bunny man. Like a Hugh Hefner bunny Like I want man? a bunny costume, full suit, full mask, but then also put on lingerie over top of the bunny suit. But still a hatchet? And then have ears on the mask, but then get, like, the little Playboy bunny bunny ears. So you're going to be for Halloween. Let me get this right. Inception. Shh. Bunny man Inception. You're going to be the bunny man dressed up as a Playboy bunny. Yeah. For Halloween. Uh-huh. Is there going to be a hatchet? Yeah. Oh, duh. It can fit down in your but it's like, But bra. it's, like, pink. Okay. Pink hatchet? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Now that we have that done, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.